Hello, solo gamers, and welcome to Lonely TTRPG, the solo actual play and review podcast. I'm your host, Steel Stash, and this week we're playing Lone Eons, written by David Blandy and Laurie O'Connell, with some beautiful cover artwork done by Daniel Locke and some amazing illustrations inside by Jacob Berry with the layout by David Blandy. So, Lone Eons is a journaling role-playing game played by taking on the role of a post-human character in the deep future. This book is a remix of the Lost Eons Player's Guide, repurposed for solo play, so there are some repetitions to keep this solo game self-contained. So, if you are familiar with Lost Eons, this is specifically designed to help you with solo games. I am not familiar with Lost Eons, so I am coming in blind. Let's see how this goes. So we have cards and prompts to help set the scene, outline the flora, fauna, and the world around you. Always interpret prompts in a way that makes sense for your story. Take a different card if it really doesn't fit. Continues, there will be moments of difficulty and tension where there is something at stake. At that point, we're going to roll some dice. All right, so we got some cards and some clicky clackies. Outstanding. So for lines and veils, exploring your imagination can bring up thoughts that, you, that can cause anxiety. So prepare yourself for what you might expect from the game. Think about the general setting of the game and set boundaries about subject matter. Noting lines, a strict limit, something that should not be touched upon any time, and veils, something permitted to be mentioned but not described in detail. All right, so content warnings on this. It is based on the distant aftermath of our current climate cataclysm and mass extinction. So, yeah. Yeah, that could that could pose some issues, especially if you are highly in tuned to what's going on with our world today. But then we got some example gameplay with the intro. Your people have lived in your haven for a thousand years. It protected you. The experience changed you. Now the haven's doors must open. What will you find up there on the surface? How has the damaged world healed? Do you have what it takes to survive? So, Lone Eons is the solar iteration of Lost Eons, a journaling game for one player using dice and playing cards to create problems and situations for you to explore. It is designed to help see our climate reality and high fantasy afresh, experiencing and describing a new world for the first time. So, you decide what happens. Fiction first, rulings not rules, and it is built to be open, unsettling, but at the end of the day, fun. In Lost Eons, the outcome of anything you are trying to do can be decided on without any role, when it makes sense for something to just happen. Where an outcome is uncertain or a task is more difficult than usual, you can perform a skill check where you roll dice to determine success or failure. So for equipment, we need a journal and pencil, a deck of standard cards, some D6s, 3D8, and a D4. If we only have D use them, flip a coin. The game says it's not your dad. To paraphrase The Simpsons, do what you want. It's a book. It's not the... All right. So rolling through the rest of the manual, which is a 48-page manual, we have <laughs> a lot of stuff. This might be a little much to try and do on just a single blind react. But, hey, that's the name of this game. We blind react. All right. 
Oh, we got some beautiful maps and some player sheets. Okay, cool, cool. So let's get into the quick start solo rules. You can play with a full character sheet and define roles using the rest of this book. Alternatively, use the sample or the simple rules. If you're uncertain about what might happen, make a test against the world. Roll a d6 for your soul and a d4 or d6 or d8 for your skill, depending on how confident you feel about your character at this moment. Roll 2d8 for the world. If your highest single number meets or beats the higher number on the world dice, you succeed. If it meets or beats the lower number on the world dice, you succeed with a complication. Perhaps you're wounded, perhaps you're lost, or something breaks. If you fail to meet either die, you both fail and suffer a complication. If you roll double on the world die, roll for a rumor. All right, so this game is played through scenes. The first scene begins with your first experience on the surface world and comes through the Oracle, a standard pack of cards separated into suits and shuffled so that you have four randomized piles. As you progress through the wilderness between the features and settlements, time passes and things happen. Record your reactions in your journal and you can be as dull or as elaborate as you want. Those are my words, not the game's words. Of course, none of you listening to me are dull. You are amazing, which is why you listen to us. And if you want to be continue to be amazing, then if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. That would be super awesome. Also, ratings, reviews, those things help out so much. They really do. I'm currently sitting at one review on iTunes from Devin, who says that we have introduced him to some great games. So if you feel like I've introduced you to some great games, please let me know. Let me know which games I introduce you to and what you like about them. You will find all my socials in the show notes. In addition, if you like what we're doing and you want to help us get just a little bit better, we do have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Black Dragon Dungeon Company. We are working on attempting to afford a editor. That way I am not doing all of this by myself. Getting an editor will just add a little bit level of polish to this. In addition, we do have some more fun podcasting ideas that we want to get out, but we don't have the time to really be pushing all of that stuff at once. So a couple bucks from y'all, as little as a dollar a month, and you can help us towards the dream of releasing more content for you to consume and enjoy, hopefully relate with. But with all that being said, I think it's time to about dive on in, don't you? So we are going to need a map. So I'm going to go ahead and go to some of the amazing maps back here and I'm gonna go ahead and snag one of those so we're gonna drop our lovely map right in here and in addition to all of that I'm gonna take one of the pre-generated player sheets it looks like we have several different things that we can do we have a psych which always found yourself able to read people's feelings and intentions in an instinctive way uh, shifter, you remember the first time it happened and you knew it was something you had to hide. A salvager, which most days you can just find enough to exchange for your food that night. But sometimes there's something intriguing in that pile. A seer, since youth you found yourself attuned to the matrix of essence, able to create a flame at the tips of your fingers or still the wind for a moment. 
a scrapper. The only way to get by has been fending for yourself and looking after those dear to you. The outcast who never felt at home in your society, biting a life on its margins, forging a life on its margins. So that's six classes. All right, as per usual, we are going to go ahead and roll for our class. So that's a four. So that's the seer. Outstanding. We got the magic one. So I'm going to go ahead and drop my player sheet on my map as well. So we have our map. We have our player sheet. And we are about ready to go, I would say. Alright, so like we said, this game is played through scenes. The first scene begins with your experience on the surface world and continues through the Oracle. So, ah, so first of all, we have to divide our deck up into the various suits. Unfortunately, I don't think that's something I'm going to be able to do on stream, not at least in any uh, decent amount of time. So dear viewers, those of you who are following on YouTube, I apologize, you're not gonna see the cards. But for those of you listening to the podcast, you'll be able to hear because as normal, I will announce what I get. What up this brand new pack of cards that we got because my son, God bless him, loves to come and ask me for cards and dice when I'm doing my normal gaming with my TTRPG groups. So I have a deck that is missing several cards. So we had to go buy some special ones just for me and also, you know, for him so that I could continue to give him cards and he would not be constantly stealing mine. All right, so give these all a quick shuffle. This is not the best shuffle in the world, I'm not going to lie. It's a brand new deck, and we are trying to do this all in one shot. All right. So the goal is, as we travel, we seek insights and fear doom. The insights are the four aces. When they come into or come up to play after the action, roll against the world. If you succeed, keep the card and roll for a rumor. Doom is the four kings. When they come up into play keep after action, roll against the world. If you fail, keep the card and take harm. Once you have the four insights or doom, the game ends. Insight ends well and you have and you live on to share knowledge. Doom and the journey ends badly in lonely misery taken by the cryorg or death. Alright, so so first of all, with character creation, we need to come up with a name. As per usual, our name on this is going to be Steel Stash. And a society. So we come to the back of the book. We're going to go ahead and choose one of the pre-generated societies. Somewhere in here. All right, so for societies, for 8,000 years during the course of the climate cataclysm, hundreds of thousands of vast havens were built deep underground to save the fraction of humanity. All have been affected by the arcane essence bubbling up from the Earth's mantle, mutating the people in unique and various ways. To generate a haven society, to generate the society our character comes from, roll on the tables, all right, so it has several societies that are several different aspects of society from structure, detail, leader, tech, 
level, and upside. These are all D6, so that's one, two, three, four, five. We're gonna go ahead and roll five D6. And as we roll five D6, we will let that guide everything. So six, 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 three, two. That was a really great roll that we blew in the beginning. All right, so we have a community that was once nomadic rotating through several havens connected by underground tunnels. All but one of their havens now have been taken over by outsiders. Detail, teenagers come of age in this haven by creating a piece of art in the deep caves. Leader was actually supposed to be D8. We're just going to stick with six. Hereditary ruler, but the current leader, much loved, has no children. Tech level was a three, so a chance discovery of an unsealed empty vault gifted to this community with advanced technology. Some devices are so advanced, no one knows what they do. And two for the upside, mystery. The last time people left the Haven was a hundred years ago, but they never returned. What happened to them? So we're going to go stereotype and we're going to go ahead and call, we're going to go ahead and call our society, the Vix, the Vickens. Uh, so for those of you who haven't picked up on it yet, yes, we are going with uh, Viking ripoff. So we're going with a little bit of a Viking-inspired society. And with our Viking society, we were fairly nomadic, wandering from cave to cave to cave to cave through a vast network of tunnels. Right up until relatively recently in our, in our history, the great-grandfather of the current leader found us a nice haven that we could set up in and we have established ourselves in that haven. Now, of course, a group of people did did rebel. The that particular chief had two sons. One of the sons took a party out, but they never came back. And it is questionable as to why. However, the rumor is that several of the other caves that we used to have no longer exist or have been taken over by some outside force. Unfortunately, the current king has no son or daughter, but, but the chief has decided that all who come of age, all who are coming of age this year, which will include me, don't let the bald head fool you, I'm very young in this game, all who come of age this year will embark on epic trials, hearkening back to our ancestors and our days of nomadic wandering. And we will all go out and attempt to find hidden truths within the world. Truths that might help reveal some of the items that are found in the cave. The cave that only the chief possesses the key for. For it has been locked up under their command. And they possess the sole key. Now, I'm hoping to be... I'm hoping to be the one chosen to be the successor. And I'm hoping to learn some of these ancient mysteries that the chief has hidden away for it might make life so much better but we don't know what those are all right so we need to finish we need to finish with our character creation so next up we're gonna have we've already picked our class we already have our name We've chosen our society and our archetype. So we need a personality, society, name, equipment, 
choose if we will mutate and gain traits and or become a spellcaster and discover why we must leave. So we already discovered why we must leave. We're going to go with that story. So personality is going to be a D10. So we're going to roll one D10. And with that, we get a seven. Seven is analyze the empathetic one. And some experience, which is another D10. Three, endure. You have been your own keeper. All right, so right off the bat, this is definitely looking like a longer term game. This isn't necessarily a one and done game like several of the others I have done in the past. With the exception of Dead Belt, this is, this is definitely set up for a more long-term narrative. With that being the case, we're gonna go ahead and really just get kicking on this. I don't have everything figured out, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. I do want to, I do want to get a little bit of gameplay in just to see what it's like. So as we travel, we're gonna roll a D6 and that's going to determine what type of Oracle card we take. There we go. So we're going to start out right here. We're going to say our little, our little spot was right there. That was our Haven. And we come up to the surface world surprised by the level of green that we see. It is, it is not a pleasant heat out right now. The earth and vegetation looks very different from what we've been able to grow and control back in the caves. This is definitely wild. This is definitely something that has been untouched for a long time and we roll a five so we're going to take a diamond for our oracle card so that's going to be the four of diamonds which is going to be a thing the four of diamonds a picture in a locket and weapon from the items table so going down to the items table oh i think it's gonna be either or we're going to go ahead and say that we found a weapon and we're going to roll a D20 to determine what type of weapon we got. 12, a gut strong longbow. Heck yeah. I'm going to go ahead and add that to our equipment. Got ourselves a longbow. But now that that's done, we are able to continue on to our next location and once again, at this new little island, walking through, we will say a land bridge that appears with the tides. We came out at the right time to see that this land bridge existed. We find our way to this little island and we roll a one, which is going to get us a club, a heart, two diamonds, and we meet a bean. All right, so for our two diamonds, we have the Ten of Diamonds and the Three of Diamonds. We got the Five of Clubs and the Jack of Hearts. And we met a Bean. So we make our first encounter upon the road. So let us let's go ahead and deal with that encounter first. The Bean card, which is a club, defines the type of Bean you encountered. And the Bean twists the Heart and Diamond cards. Okay. Define their appearance and their strengths. Okay. Each entry has a suggestion of an appearance and a dice type. Combine the two dice types to create the world dice for the bean or a group of beans. So when you meet a bean, roll 2d6 for their reaction to you. 
the bean description sets the tone, but a low number is negative, a high number is positive. So if a family welcomes you and you roll a two, the welcome may hide ulterior motives. If bandits want what's yours and you roll a 12, perhaps you find out that they're only seeking help for their family as they need food to survive. And then there are combat and wound rules that we will get into depending on how bad this bean is. All right, so we got the five of clubs, which is our bean. So five of clubs is a group sits around a campfire. So we have a group around the campfire, but we're actually supposed to look on the twist table for the hearts and the diamonds. So the twist table is lumbering and hungry, chitinous talons, and slimy scales and proboscis. So a D8 and a D4. All right, so D8 and D4 is the bean, is the bean dice pool of this lumbering group around a campfire with scales and talons. Wow, that's just a terrifying creature. I hold my breath as I gaze upon it, entranced by what I'm seeing. Not quite sure what to make of it. Uh, so when you meet a being, roll 2d6 for their reaction to you. And that is a 7. That is a 7. So this thing is going to be... Uh, this being is going to be rather ambivalent to my presence. I would say... Yeah, lumbering and hungry. Ugh. All right, so we have a lumbering, hungry bean around a campfire. So I roll a seven. That's not, it's not great. It's not bad. It's not great. It's about middle of the road. I don't think that the creature is as, like, I don't think the creature wants to eat me. It just wants to eat. So what options do I have? All right, so we have combat. It looks like I got a D4 to persuade. All right. So yeah, we're going to stand up. And we're going to make ourselves look big. Like I said, I don't think this thing wants to, I don't think this wants to eat me. It just wants to eat. So we're going to try to convince it that I am not the one. So I'm going to roll a D6 and a D4 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm going to roll a D6 and a D4. And they are going to roll a... They're going to roll a D8 and a D4. Not looking good for the home team on this one, Chief. Should have thought that one through. And I got a five. I got a five total. So that's not good. That not good. All right. So let's hope this D8 and D4 are just as bad. They also got a five. Heck yeah. If it meets, it beats, baby. If it meets, it beats. Actually, hang on. All right, so the higher dice is, ah, it's not total. It's, I mean, but we tied. We tied all the way around. We tied all the way around. I'm going to say if it meets, it beats. And because the, uh, because this creature was ambivalent, that's just going to glare at me. And it's just going to make its way on its way. No point in either of us really uh, getting in a fight today, but this place i'm gonna go ahead and make my way as quickly as possible and go to my next spot for my 1d6 challenge uh, that is a five and on a five i'm gonna take a diamond another diamond six of diamonds so that is another thing that i found so the six of diamonds is an ancient plastic toy slash 
miscellany from the items table. Coming down to the items table. That's a D20. 18. Now I get a big roll. A hailing horn. So we're going to go ahead and add that to my equipment list. And there we go. So that's where we're going to call it for today. This has been Lone Eons. So thoughts about this game. First of all, the artwork is very beautiful. And the layout, the individual page layout is very nice. I am going to give them that. This is definitely a game that is going to take some getting used to. This is not something that you just jump in and play at the drop of a hat. As you saw, character creation is an involved process. I noticed that I already jacked up several things in my character creation. I never figured out my magic. Apparently, I was supposed to draw one item from each of the item lists. I just kind of went out with, my, with the shirt on my back. All right. So, several things that... Several things that... You know, taking some time and sitting down and being very dedicated on this will help out with. Now, the bright side is this does, like, again, this does feel like a story that can be very well told or well suited for multiple sessions. This is not a one and done game. This is a sit, play for a little bit, think about this, come back, go back out come back, go back out. So very similar to uh, very similar to Dead Belt in that, but actually more similar to your traditional RPG or your traditional TTRPGs, which makes sense because this is a solo version of Lost Eons, a TTRPG setting. Yes, it is an intimidating rule book. The order of things is not, did not work for me. I will say that it did not work for me. It didn't flow. You can't just go from page to page and pick up what you need to pick up. The bright side is when you're actually sitting down and reading it, then almost all of the references, I think all of the references have the page number associated with it. So when you actually sit down and read the book, it will say, hey, find this stuff on this page number. But you are going to be bouncing back and forth. So it is what it is. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it still it still seems like a very fun game. This definitely seems like something I may want to come back to. Some of the setup is not as convenient. Having to, to divide your deck into the individual suits, for example, if you have a look, if you have enough decks, like I got a decks of cards are cheap, but it's annoying to have to go out and buy a deck of cards. So if you have enough decks so that you can have one dedicated for this where you just keep everything separated by suit. That is probably the way to go if this is something that you want to play on a regular basis. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be spending the start of every game taking your first five minutes and going through your deck of cards, just separating out the suits. Frustrating, not a deal breaker. The dice mechanics are nice. I do like... So... It is not intuitive to roll two dice and not do the total roll. At the very least, when you're used to doing online tabletops. If you're using physical dice in your house, on your table, then yes, it should be fairly easy. Like, 
oh, the two big dice go over here and I compare mine to theirs and the two little dice go over here and I compare that to that. And I do like that mechanic. Don't get me wrong. I think that's a very, I think that's a very interesting mechanic and I do enjoy that where you have your dice that determines your success or failure, but you also have your dice that determines if there are any complications within that. That is definitely a fun mechanic. It's very similar to what Caltrop Core did, only where Caltrop Core was using the simplicity of a single D4 to replicate absolute success, success with complication, failure with complication, absolute failure. This is using two different dice and the two different dice. Look, I'm a tabletop role player, all right? Shiny math rocks go clickety-clack, make brain go brrrr. So I do like that. I am a big fan of using two dice for success and complication. Like I said, all in all, this is a this is a fun game. The setting is very well established and set up. It is definitely it is definitely nice. It does just require some actual sit down and think before you jump on into it. Now, if you're listening to this right at publication, so in mid-May. This is a part of the TTRPG for reproductive rights, which is glorious. $5 gets you a whole bunch of a whole bunch of games. 270 games for just $5 on itch. And all the proceeds for that go to support reproductive rights and fighting for reproductive rights. So something that we believe in very strongly here. We definitely got the bundle and this game is included in it. However, on a normal day, the game is $10 on itch. You can find it at davidblandy.itch.io slash loan eons. Link will be down in the show notes. So by all means, go give that a check out and see what that's like. Definitely, definitely if you see this in a bundle and there's other stuff that you want, this is an excuse to get it. If you don't see this in a bundle, if it's not on sale, it is still, I would say it's still worth it. This is definitely, this is definitely one of those where there's enough thought in there. There's enough, there's enough content. This is definitely beefy enough that yes, $10 may seem a lot for a solo game, at least so far. We've been sticking pretty much to the $5 range on this podcast thus far, but this is definitely worth every bit of the price that they're asking for it. And then again, if you see it in a bundle or on sale, that is absolutely an excuse to go get it. This looks like a great game. I'm actually looking forward to doing like a real campaign on this. Who knows? Maybe if some of y'all become my patrons, you might be able to talk me into running a campaign on this for y'all. But as is, that is going to be it for this game's appearance on the Lonely TTRPG. I have been Steel Stash and... Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Lonely TTRPG, the solo TTRPG live play and review. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also reach us at Twitter at BDDC underscore pod or at Black Dragon Dungeon Company at gmail.com. If you really like us, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Black Dragon Dungeon Company. Thank you so much.